Hi, it's Kate. And welcome to the Small Business Millionaire Podcast, where we teach you the secret small business strategies that today's most successful entrepreneurs use to build profitable and growing businesses. And then the magic formula for creating personal wealth beyond your wildest dreams. So get ready to take your business to the next level with your host, who built and sold his 50-employee business and number one selling book author, investor, and entrepreneur, Jeff Weiner. I'm Jeff Weiner, and welcome to episode number 11 of the Small Business Millionaire Podcast. In last week's podcast, I interviewed Andrew Henderson from The Nomad Capitalist, and at the end of the interview, Andrew and I got to speaking about business in general and some of the challenges of growing a business. We discussed managing bureaucracy, managing people, creating a vision, something called the Peter Principle, building and managing a team of people, and conducting one-on-one meetings. The snippet of conversation I extracted is short, but is packed with amazing small business nuggets you can use in growing and managing your small business. Hope you enjoy. I still have a couple people on the team who were here when it was them and someone else. And I think it's, it's some, I mean, they've, they've done it successfully, but at times it's still hard for them to sometimes connect with, we're not a three person company now, now we're a 25 person company. And you're right. There's, it's like, I'm telling the managers, which, which I I loathe saying it, but it's like, you have to go and double check things. And you've like half of your, your job is just kind of what seems to be like busy work. So how many people do you have now? Yeah, 25-ish. You'll notice as you're building your business that businesses reach ceilings. At points, it's very difficult to cross that ceiling. And it now comes back to, as you as a leader, how effective are you at managing and leading your people to the next level? So a company will get stuck at, I'm going to make up a number, 2 million in revenue and five people, and then 5 million revenue and 10 people, and then 15 million in revenue and 50 people. But you can't, you reach that glass ceiling and you're stuck there because you don't understand how to manage and create leadership past that point at which you're managing. Everybody reaches their point of maximum or, or, or incompetence. And unless you figure out how to manage past your personal point of incompetence, it becomes very difficult to grow a business past that point. It's almost like pushing a string uphill. Past the point of incompetence, you're saying? Like you're not it, sure where Well, of your own personal point of incompetence. So right. you, you will manage to as good as you are. But until you figure you, you'll see these companies are at five million a year and, and yeah. you'll talk to the entrepreneur, you're five million a year. How long have you been that five million a year for? Well, I've been there for six years. I can't figure out how to get any bigger. And they spend more money on marketing, but things still don't work out and they spend more money on something else. And the the, the reason they're not getting any bigger is because they are the problem. They they need to figure out how they're holding their business back. And once they figure that out, they'll be able to reach the next level. Saying that you want to reach hypothetically your 10 million in revenue, saying that you want to reach 20 million in revenue, you're not going to reach it until you understand and start doing the things that you need to do and start acting like an organization that is a $20 million company. What do those companies do? They lead by their leadership. They're not micromanaging their people. Real managers don't micromanage their people. They lead them. They let them make mistakes and they teach them what they're doing wrong. They create vision. They create passion. And they, they, 
they inspire their people to reach a point where they say, you know, we're going to grow to a $20 million company. These are the things that we're going to do to get there. This is what we stand for as an organization, and this is how we're going to grow. And you don't do the work for them. You inspire them and let them do their work, let them succeed or fail. But it also means recognizing your own person. And this isn't for you. This is for any entrepreneur. Recognizing their personal points of incompetence, what they need to improve, and getting over the fact that um, they're constantly micromanaging. They got to stop doing it, and then they got to then they got to get to the next level. For me, that that's always been uh, because everything I've pretty much done has been uh, you know kind of high margin, low you know staff. The staffing part's the hard part, and and I like to turn over that you know that power, but then. The issue is you want to, you know, when you when you don't feel the person's doing the job, I almost look at, well, you know, maybe it's it's my fault, but then, and then I don't pull the trigger on on fixing it. Uh, now I do, but for a long time, I think that was the issue. And, and um, you keep fixing it for them, and you come in, and you don't let them do their work properly, and and so your company will only you or any company will only ever grow as large as a manager or a leader will let the company grow. If they keep doing the same, I mean, you've heard the expression, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. Well, companies aren't growing because they keep doing the same thing. One of the things I work with when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, they were all frustrated because their business may have been fairly successful. They had 30, 40 people. They were making decent profits. And a lot of businesses aren't even making profits, but they're stuck at that point and they're struggling and they can't figure out what they need to do to grow the business. And they've been at the same stage. So change what you're doing. There, there's, um, have you ever heard of the term, the Peter principle? Uh, I don't, I may have heard it once. It sounds vaguely familiar. So when we get off the call, take a look at it and just read a blog post or two about the Peter Principle. The point of it is, is people expand to their point of incompetence. And until, and I actually wrote an article about that or a blog post about that. And I, so I had a revelation when I was running my business. My business was at, I think it was 25 people. We were stuck there for many years. And I had one of my favorite staff members, his name, I'm actually not going to bother telling you his name, but whatever it is, came to me and he said, I'm quitting. And, and he was my favorite staff member. And he said, I'm leaving your business. And I was shocked. And I said, why are you leaving? And he said, your business is disorganized. You micromanage. You don't have a plan. Everybody's doing everything. No one has a job description. And I don't want to work here anymore. Now, it so happens that the place he was going to was probably just as micromanaged. But for me, it was it, it hurt. And I actually st- stood back, and this was 2012. And I stood back and I said to myself, is it true? Like, am I really that bad? I'm, and and it, it wasn't a bad person. I was just a bad manager. And it took someone literally slapping me in the face. Now, a lot of people will just say, oh, forget it. You don't know what you're talking about. But I really right. took it to heart. And I started asking myself the questions, what can I do differently as an individual to try and grow? And I found that I needed an operations manager. And as soon as I brought an operations manager in, and I let that person do their job, and they started managing based on their own KPIs, And I started leading the business and creating a vision. And it wasn't just a vision statement. It was actually inspiring people. I found that I wasn't running a company. I was leading people. And there's a big difference. And as soon as I did that, sales doubled within a few years. Profitability quadrupled, more than quadrupled. And we did really well. So I started recognizing that it was leadership that people needed. It wasn't micromanagers and it wasn't people telling them what they need to do it was telling people how inspiring them and explaining where they need to go and helping them get there understanding and listening to them 
So the best managers will do the same thing. The managers that get stuck, people get stuck and, and someone's doing a great job. So you promote them and they're still doing a great job. So you promote them again, but they reach their point of maximum incompetence. And until they grow up past that point, they're not going to scale and it's time for you to replace them as well. So as good as managers are, I've seen and talked to very many very successful entrepreneurs that have great teams, but they have to fire those teams or fire not the entire team all at once, but fire people who are doing a great job because those people don't know how to grow to the next level or they hire someone right. past them. That, that's sort of the, the point of inflection where people need to start to ask themselves, why is my business stuck? Am I the problem? In well, that's that's. I mean, I think I think my issue for for most of this time uh, in business has been it's always you know it's it's always my problem. And occasionally now finding you know maybe that person just is a you know is a jerk or something. But but generally always taking it to heart. I I agree with you. Yeah, it was funny when we when the first time we had to get rid of someone who was who was really good. But it's just like they're they want to they want to be in a in a one million or two I mean, it was a two million dollar company or something. Like that's all they can see. And and whenever you try and push them beyond that, it just falls flat. And so they may be great at doing their job, i.e. data entry or calling clients or managing customer service, but it doesn't mean that they're a great manager. It's also why great salespeople don't necessarily make great sales leaders because great salespeople know how to close business, but that doesn't mean they know how to lead people. And, and what you're doing at that point is you're, you're meeting. I mean, I, I um, started doing something called a G to G goals to growth meeting. And I started sitting down with my staff on a weekly basis. And I basically say to them, you're leading this particular department, whatever the department was, customer service, sales, operations, marketing, et cetera. And, and I'd meet with them once a week for one hour. They'd have one hour of my time. And if they came to me during the week with something, I would say, unless this is an emergency, I'm not answering your question. Come back to me on Tuesday mornings. So my Tuesdays start at eight o'clock. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I'd have a break, and then I'd go an entire day. It was exhausting, but I'd go an entire day. And what I ended up learning was that I was able to run my company on one day a week because I'd say to my staff, I'm not answering that question. Unless it's an emergency or the place is burning down, I'm not answering your question. Come to me on Tuesdays. And Tuesdays was a day of, let's go through your KPIs. So every individual is managed by their KPIs. How much are you closing? So sales manager is very easy. What are you doing, et cetera? Service people, how many tickets are you closing? Net promoter score, managing customer service by those things. Profitability, accounting, accounts receivable, all of those things could be managed by KPIs. So I'd ask everybody on a t every Tuesday, come to me on, on, on Tuesday morning, eight o'clock and our one-on-one -on -one meeting, you've got one hour and I need you to come prepared. And being prepared means I need you to put your G to G, your goals to growth document together. You've got to think about it. List out, what were you hoping to accomplish last week? What are you hoping to accomplish this week? What are your main priorities? And every week I'd go through it and I'd say, did you accomplish the things that you were hoping to accomplish last week? And if you didn't, why not? And if they keep coming to the meetings week after week after week after week with, I didn't get it done, I didn't get it done, I didn't get it done, I'd say, well, let's start scaling back on your expectations because you're obviously not delivering on what you're thinking you're going to deliver. And so they're, they're, the expectation is, is that they understand what they're capable of delivering. I'm pushing them to deliver to that point. And every week they're accountable to their own expectation of delivery. So it's two parts to the document. The top part of the page, what did I hope to accomplish last week? And, and these are five things, not 50, five big things. And next week, what am I hoping to accomplish? And did you accomplish them? Yes or no. And then I want to start to look at KPIs. 
So we started to manage people based on those things. Did you accomplish your goals? Yes or no. What are you hoping to accomplish next week? And once you start to get into that regular cadence, you and you leave, leave people with the flexibility to deal with and manage issues on their own based on their own points of of perception of how things should be handled, you find that people start to excel. You leave them, you leave them the flexibility and leeway to do it. Now, in that one-on-one meeting, they have an hour. I'd say, what are the major issues? You have a customer issue? Talk to me about it. How are you dealing with it? And how can I help you? Because really, it's now a case of you're coming to the president, what can I help you about? What can I help you do? How can I help you do a better job? And then the other thing is, you need to understand your people. Who are you? Where do you want to go in life? Do you enjoy working for me? Because that's a big one. Because if you've got great people and you're trying to inspire them, you want to know, hey, do you like your job? Do you want to be doing this job? And if not, why are you here? And the other question is, you're not doing a very good job. So why are you here? Do you have personal issues? Do you have health issues? I don't want to know what the health issues are. But if it's compromising on your ability to do the job, then I need to know how you're dealing with it. So my Tuesday was filled with working with one-on-one with people and the rest of the week i didn't get emails i wasn't dealing with issues i wasn't dealing with with hey betty has a problem with this how are we going to sort it out everybody knew who to go to and once you do that you're now just managing your people one day a week one hour meetings and you're inspiring them and you're understanding what they want now you as a leader need to create a vision we're trying to grow to 20 million and then, and then you need to ask yourself what do you want the business to look like so in five years what's your ideal vision for your business you want it to be X. What is it going to look like? And start acting like that today. So it's going to be, we're going to have you know, 20 million in revenue. We're going to be handling 40 clients a month. If you're going to, if it's going to look like that, what are the things that you're doing today that are going to make it look like that? So we're hiring people for where we want to get to, not for where we are. You hire experts who are way better than what your business can handle today, knowing full well that you're going to work into that capacity. And if you hire someone who's really good, who's like you, who understands the passports, who understands offshoring, and you can pass all of that to Mary or to Bob or whatever the person's name is, you're now no longer dealing with the minutia. You're not getting on the clients. You're putting together a, a really good platform with the best people in the world that you know. And you can honestly get up front and say, we have the best people in the world who are doing this work. We've got the best tax accountant. He's from Switzerland. We've got the best lawyer. She's from Columbia, wherever they are. They have been, they are experts in this field. I'm good. I'm not even close to where Mary was from Columbia. She's done 2000 of these or, or, or Frank from Panama. And you, you, you put your team together and you trust them implicitly because they know more than you. So right. it now lets you work not in the business, it lets you work on the business. So, and I'm sure you heard that expression before. So you start right. working on, you're working with Bob and, and now Bob is teaching you things and you're letting him do his job. So you're kind of leaving him go. And now you're managing to the next level and vision of where the business is going to get to. Before you go, I want to let you know that I've designed a course called How to Turn Your Small Business into a Profit Machine in 60 Days. This is a step-by-step instructional course to teach you how to dramatically improve your business's profitability and put more money in your pocket. It follows the practices I used in my 27 years in running my profitable business. You can get more information on this course by going to thekickassentrepreneur.com forward slash courses. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Small Business Millionaire Podcast. You can download a free copy of Jeff's number one selling book, which sold over 50,000 copies, by visiting the kickassentrepreneur.com website. 
Now be sure to subscribe to the podcast and please take a moment to write a review for our podcast in the App Store. 